Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. My name is Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. Sports editor Jay Posner is with me. Jay, Padres uh, set to host. Wait a minute, no. Uh, they're going to be on the road at home against the Seattle Mariners for three games starting today as we tape this on uh, Friday morning. Padres in second place in the National League West. Magic number is three. We're getting down to it, Jay. I mean, I think we're of the assumption right now that the Padres are playoff now. Yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of uh, been assuming that maybe for a couple of weeks uh, at this point and don't really see any reason to change that. It would really take a, a monumental collapse at this point not to make the playoffs. Um, as you said, magic number three to clinch a playoff spot. It's five to clinch second place in the National League West. Still need to keep an eye on the on the Marlins, I believe, in, in order to clinch that top four spot. The Padres do have a four-game lead, though, in the loss column on the Marlins, who still have 12 games left to play, while the Padres only have nine. I think we're correct in assuming that the uh, Padres are, are going to be playoff bound for the first time in 14 years. And, you know, as we've said before, it's exciting for them. It's exciting for the city, their fans, uh, you know, anyone involved it's uh it's it's a big deal and and it's you know again it's too bad that fans can't be out there but uh there's no better evidence of how weird this year is than the fact that you're still sitting at home today uh when when you were supposed to be a thousand miles away in a hotel room so that's that's how it goes i honestly they better close the roof in uh arlington or for the world series in the playoffs or there will be pestilence the, exactly. the, the locusts will come because that is uh, that, that's what's happening in 2020. I say that only partially jokingly. Uh, the, it's when you're getting to the point where every loss of some team trailing you and every win of yours helps you. You, know, I mean, it's it's no longer yeah. theory. But every time a result happens, first off, how weird that this is happening to the Padres. And second, that means like you are close. You're, you're on the verge and you can start to assume it. And obviously the Padres have because they have started to set up their rotation because, you know, that doesn't mean they're looking ahead. Well, it does, but it doesn't mean they're looking beyond <laughs> having to clinch. It's just smart. You've got to set up Mike Clevenger, Denelson Lamette, Zach Davies for September 30th, October 1st, and possibly October 2nd when you would play that best of three division series. And and, and that's what happened. That's what they've done. Well, and they, I think they were even thinking ahead to the playoffs with how they structured uh, things this week where they, they didn't want to give the Dodgers a look at Mike Clevenger, who has never pitched against the Dodgers. I'm not even sure if they've seen him in spring training, although the <laughs> Indians were in, in Goodyear. But clearly didn't want to do that. Probably didn't even want to have Paddock. Uh, face them. It was safer just to keep keep him off in the distance and and have him pitch uh, today as well. So I, I think they're they're not going to say that that that's what they're thinking, but it's pretty clear that's what they were thinking, and it's it's what they should be doing. I mean, that's how this should all set up. And and this weekend we'll see uh, Paddock tonight against the uh, against the Mariners. It'd be awfully strange that the game will begin uh, without Chris Paddock on the mound. Uh, yeah. but, but with, you know, uh, either Trent Grisham or Fernando Tatis Jr. probably at the plate, uh, leading off. So uh, that's weird. And then I guess what we see Clevenger and Lamette on Saturday and Sunday. And then if you extrapolate it out, whoever they bring up to start the second game, you know, the home game, they're going to play in San Francisco next Friday. Yes. Um, if you just, you know, forget that game, they'll, they'll have someone else or they'll bullpen depending on how the, you know, it has gone, but you extrapolate it out. It. It's, it's lined up to Mike Clevenger, 
since the day that he was acquired in a trade, you could pretty much pencil him into that spot, but it's, it's become clear that that that's what they'll do now. And they can even, they can even, I'm sorry, they can even throw Lamette and Clevenger on that Friday in San Francisco if they wanted to. I mean, just Lamette would be on regular rest, but it all depends. And I wouldn't expect to see that's one of those situations where those guys might only throw, you know, three or four innings uh, in a game just to get some work in and then be ready for that, I guess it would be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of the uh, of the following week. So they'll be sure to get they'll want to get all those guys some work over the weekend in San Francisco. That's why it's really important to continue uh, the way the Padres have been going. Maybe not so much the last couple of games against the Dodgers, which we can talk about, but uh, take care of business this weekend against the Mariners and and if necessary against the Angels. Uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday and what's turned into this really long homestand for the Padres, but take care of business. And then that way, when you do go to San Francisco next week, you don't have to worry about if you want to just throw Clevenger four innings, you can take him out when it's one, nothing and it doesn't make any difference. So that's uh, that would be the ideal win for the next five or whatever it is, wrap everything up and then just use next weekend almost as like a spring training uh, uh, situation. Yeah. And I know how you are about momentum, Jay. Uh, and it's, it's certainly, uh, you're, you're correct about it. It's a, uh, it's a, it's fake, but it might be nice also for them to win a few here after what happened against the Dodgers. It just might well, be nice. No. Don't call it momentum. Just call it. It might be nice to win. <laughs> well, I just said, it'd be nice to take care of business the next two series, but for the sake but, of winning also, but, and, but and getting back to hitting, worry. Don't worry about don't worry about the San Francisco series and and to me that what your ideal is you treat that like the exhibition games that the NFL used to play where the result doesn't make doesn't matter at all so that's where the Padres want to be and and I don't even think you can read too much into the last couple of games against the Dodgers I mean the the wins the Tuesday game they just you know that, Zach Davies pitched pretty well. And Tony Gonsolin was better. He's pitched really well against the Padres this year. And that's that would be concerning, should be concerning for the Padres going into the playoffs as they faced him twice and have yet to figure out anything um, against him. I think they scored one run each time, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, and and then Wednesday's game was just, I mean, it was a, that was a, it could have been at Camelback or Peoria or name your Cactus League site because that's what it seemed like with the, uh, at least from the pitching standpoint, uh, with the Padres using nine pitchers in a game. I'm pretty sure we're not going to see that in a, uh, in a nine-inning postseason game. So what did you learn? The Padres were obviously looking to learn something Wednesday. What did, what did you learn on Wednesday watching it? That Garrett Richards is in the bullpen now, which I think mm-hmm. that was an inevitability. But the fact that with nine games to go, they decided, hey, we're going to get this guy used to this because we feel like in the postseason we're going to need him to be comfortable coming out of the bullpen. So that was interesting. Um, that's that Tony Gonsolin will be lined up to be the game one starter in the division series should both teams get there. I learned that. Uh, and that the Dodgers, you know, over Kershaw, he'll start over. Kershaw. I'm, jo- I'm making a joke, but, uh, <laughs> you know, why not? He could, I mean, he could be the second guy for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that the Dodgers, you know what they did in every single series, the Padres took the first game in the first series, lost the next two. The Padres took the first two games in the second series, lost the next two. The Padres took the first game this past series, lost the next two. Now we've just talked about how we are not going to sign too much significance. On the other hand, the Dodgers still seem to be able to go, oh, 
There you are. You're, you're really impressive, pesky little Padres. Here you go. We're going to bring yeah. Justin Turner back, and he's going to get three hits, and he's going to drive, or he's going to score a run and drive a run. Uh, and you know, oh, we're going to pitch Tony Gonsolin. Oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do a bullpen game. But in the middle of that, we're going to have Dustin May pitch five and a third innings, and you right. can only hit him very well. Now, uh, the Dodgers are still a very, very good team. Yeah, without, uh, without a doubt. And what I found interesting, I was looking up something yesterday. Machado, Manny Machado had three at-bats against Dustin May, I think, in that game. And he his exit velocity was over 100 miles an hour on all three at-bats. So whatever else Dustin May did against everybody else, Machado found a way to hit the ball hard against him. One of them was a like 101-mile-an-hour ground out. Uh, I think he had a 104 mile an hour home run and he had a 114 mile an hour single, which it's got to be one of the hardest hit balls the Padres have had all year. Maybe he was uh, tired of becoming a video on Pitching Ninja That's where, right. you know, Dustin May, because that happened in the first two games where right. Ooh, right. Dustin May, look at this pitch. Uh, and those are awesome, by the way, but they don't look that weird in real life uh you know Dustin May is amazing but he had posterized uh Manny Machado a couple <laughs> times and as we found out here to the Padres benefit Manny Machado is a prideful man and he is uh he wanted to remind everybody he's Manny Machado I think here in gosh you know since August 18th which is the day after the Padres started this run where they are now 21 and 7 they were 21 and 5 before losing these last two games this guy's on base percentage is almost 500 He's hitting over 400. Uh, I think he has six home runs in that span, uh, like 15 extra base hits. Uh, Manny Machado right now is, without a doubt, my Padres MVP. Also leads them in game-winning RBIs, uh, you know, tie-breaking RBIs, go-ahead RBIs. Uh, And obviously, Fernando Tatis could get hot here in the last nine games, but Fernando Tatis is hitting under 200 in September, so. Right. And Machado clearly has, in, in my mind anyway, and I know you have a vote, is surpassed Tatis in, in the race for NL MVP, obviously, and is is clearly one of the top candidates. And we have to see how things how things play out. Um, Fernando Tatis, how concerned should people be watching him over these past couple of weeks? He has not looked like the same uh, player for most of that time, although I thought he had some better at bats on uh, on Wednesday. But what's what's your read on where Tatis is in this situation? It just so, seems so weird to see him slumping uh, because it's just something we haven't seen before. But it you know it, it is baseball, and and baseball players go into into slumps even for a week or two, and that seems to be where he is right now. I'll start here. When I looked into it, in terms of just the numbers, he's chasing. Pitches outside the strike zone almost twice as frequently as he was. So over the last, let's call this slump eight games is the period that I looked at the uh, where he's hitting like 089 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's below 100. Uh, Not striking out much more, but grounding out an awful lot. And he has chased almost half the pitches outside the strike zone he's seen, including making quite a few outs on those types of pitches. And he was chasing only a quarter of the pitches. So do the math. The guy has been one of the most selective batters. He has been able to ward off slumps. And here he is. He has gone two games in a row. I think he went 
two without a hit, got a single. Two without a hit, got a single. He's gone the last two without a hit. It's never happened in his career. It's a slump. Is he tired? I don't know. As you mentioned, this last game he played uh, or he hit the ball uh, really well. He did not strike out. Uh, He also has made some really nice plays in the field, though I will say that there's also been some throws that are a little off. I don't know that I buy that he's not a little bit tired. Everybody gets that way during the season. There's been a lot of demands on him off the field, um, you know, more than most players during the season when the media is not allowed in. You know, there's there's uh, sponsor things. There's national broadcasts. Um, Mm -hmm. Heck, he was talking during the middle of one of the national broadcasts. Uh, you know, there's just a lot that goes into it. I think that perhaps, uh, hey, maybe it's a good time for he and Jake Cronenworth, who's also slumping a little bit in September in about 205. Uh, maybe it's a good time for them to get it out of the way. I will note the Padres said before the season, now this was before a 162 game season, they were not going to play him this much. Mm-hmm. That last year, Fernando went like 48 games in a row starting. And that preceded his being hurt uh, for the second time with the lower, uh, what was it, the stress reaction in his back. Right. Well, he's played every game. He's DH'd, I think, three times. Uh, He's played every game. They haven't had as many off days in this period. Potters have had five, thanks to social uh, unrest uh, Mm -hmm. protest and uh, the COVID-19 scare uh, on the Giants. But that's five games off in two months. I do think he's a little tired. Um, He's also Fernando Tati. Since he's never had a stretch like this before, Let's just go ahead and uh, bet that he's going to come out of it. And, you know, yesterday, off day, uh, they played this weekend. They're off again on Monday. A couple <laughs> more games, they're off on Thursday. If if everything goes well, like we talked about, you could certainly get one or two, at least one game off over the we- over the weekend in uh, in San Francisco. That's a case where you would not want to see some, him maybe play both games on uh on Friday or at least DH one of those games. So there are opportunities for guys like him and Cronenworth and anyone else who, you know, might be tired to, uh, to get a rest here. I do want to mention one other thing you you talked about Machado um, and how great Will Myers has been all season. He took a pitch um, that the Dodgers starter threw on uh, um, Wednesday and it, I think it was a 99-mile-an-hour fastball. It seemed like it was about six inches inside, and he managed to turn on it and get it inside third base and between third base and the third baseman and and then hustled a double uh, out of it. And I thought that was one of the more impressive pieces of hitting. It's like, why is he swinging at that? It's like, oh, wait, he just got a double um, out of it. But that kind of shows how how well he's locked in most of the time. Now, he did have a bad at-bat uh in the ninth inning on yes two Tuesday night when they had the uh, the bases loaded, I, he swung at the first pitch, which which was he absolutely should have swung at. It was right down the middle, and he missed it. And then he swung at two balls, and that was kind of like the old Will Myers, like he sort of reared its ugly head, like chasing it, in a where it's stuck out because he hasn't looked like that. I know, and, that, and that's at all exactly. And uh, but you know, again, then he comes back Wednesday and. And, and gets a double on a, uh, a pitch he should not have been able to hit. So uh, that's good. Uh, speaking of guys that we haven't seen, what should we expect from Tommy Pham and Eric Hosmer over the next few days? Do we think either one of them will be back as early as this weekend or maybe the Angel Series? Or what? what's the latest on, uh, on those two guys? I'd be, sh- I'd be surprised if they're not back this weekend and shocked – Shocked is worse than surprised. Uh, shocked if they're not back by Anaheim. They are raring to get in. I do not know what they did yesterday, but they've both been continuing to to, uh, to do work. 
I think that maybe Hosmer has surprised them with with how quickly he was able to do it. But the mm-hmm. fact is that that finger isn't really besides throwing it's it's not crucial. Yeah, you want to have all 10 fingers. Uh and you want to have all five fingers to to use on the hand that is your hand that you throw with. Uh but Eric Hosmer has uh looked really good and every single day getting a little bit better. Uh surprised if he's not in today if we don't have a uh, word pretty soon. Mhm. And of course, I mean, if he does need to DH, you know, they do have Moreland to, to play at first base, at least against right-handers, uh, to uh, to be able to do that. And and I, it's it's interesting that you know while Fam's been gone, the guy they, that's been in left field, Jerkson Profar, has been fantastic. I mean, this is this is the the Jerkson. You know, you always wondered about Profar, and and we knew that Preller really liked him all these years, and it's like we're seeing over the last month or so exactly what Preller saw in Profar because he's looked tremendous. And that's another guy that, you know, I'm not sure how the lineup's going to work as we get into the postseason. We can, we'll discuss that more as we get closer, but the way Profar's going, he needs to be in there. Um, and, uh, you know, what, what that means for other people, I'm not sure, but, but right now Profar's made a really strong case that, that he should be, you know, part of the lineup going into the postseason. If Tommy Pham is hitting, then and who knows? Maybe it's a the Tommy Ham hit uh, Tommy Pham when he uh, Tommy Ham Ham ate bone. You know, it happens. Uh, Tommy Pham is 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 hitting. He goes. He can hit from both sides, or he sure. can pitchers throwing both sides. But he and Moreland maybe switch uh, switching off. I don't know. But I there's nothing that, that you say. Ooh, Moreland has to be in there at DH because yeah. you know Jerks and Profar has to be your left fielder at this point. Yeah, I think that's true. And I, I'm not sure we would have, you know, a month ago when Tommy Pham went out, I don't think we thought we'd be sitting here uh, on this day and, and saying that. But he's really um, he's really shown well over that uh, over that period of time. Um, who else who, who else is in a situation where that you really want to see how they how they react over this next week? I, I, I think the bullpen is always interesting. And, and Emilio Pagan coming off his rest um, looks like a little, it looks like the Emilio Pagan that I think everybody thought the Padres were getting when they made the deal. He's what throwing at least a, at least one or two miles an hour harder now than he was uh, like two miles an hour harder than he was. And that's yeah. consistently like, there's nothing down. I mean, everything is 95, 97. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was not reaching that at all. In the, at least the previous three and his average was a lot lower. Um, so I think that's like, all right, cool. That's, that's set there for him. How do they, you know, you're not necessarily looking to fill innings in the postseason, right? So where you make argument for certain guys in the regular season, like a Craig Stammen, like a Luis Perdomo, mm-hmm. uh, how, you know, Craig Stammen now has five scoreless innings. He's back, you know, every year, every single year, Craig <laughs> Stammen's May stunk. Is his <laughs> August, his May, you know, I, I don't, yeah. his middle August to middle uh, September, his May, uh, how do they how are they thinking that they would use Craig Stammen in the postseason? They're there. It's the bullpen that uh, like uh, Pierce Johnson had been pitching yeah. really well. And he still has, I shouldn't have said had, uh, 
I absolutely think he's a lock for the postseason, but how they start to, to set that up. Uh, obviously, they wanted to see Joey Lucchese. I don't know that there's enough time to flesh out that experiment of Joey Lucchese in, in the bullpen. Uh, so that, that to me is nah. Um, lo- love Joey. Love Joey. Is an, I think Joey's going to have an extremely long career as a number four, number five starter for some team. And he's right. going to bring the Padres some sort of prospect. But that's that's his future for the Padres. And it was weird because if you really look at that the inning, he really wasn't bad. I mean, he, oh. the pitch that Muncie hit was, you know, almost out of the strike zone and kind of pokes it down the – the line and then and then the fielding was worse than the pitching on the other thing. But I don't think they have time to, to say this is a guy we can count on out of the ball. I don't see that happening, especially when you've already got uh, uh, Pomerantz and Hill and Strom to yes. throw and and Morahone uh, all to throw from the left side. I think Morahone's a guy that you you want to have just in case something happens to a starter. Morahone's a guy that can come in and sort of be that long reliever and give you you know three two three innings and and he's been great do you think uh anything on strong do you, do you expect well, him back he uh he's doing the he did a bullpen the other day and i would expect that he would come back one thing to keep in mind and you talk about wow that's a lot of lefties they got down there matt strom has said and his first baby is due his daughter is due october 15th okay so he'll go into the bubble right he'll right. he'll be good to go he has said it's a no-brainer. He's out mm-hmm. once uh, his his wife goes into, or uh, you know, I don't know what the, the timetable is, but sure. he's out. He's going to be there for the birth of the baby. You leave the bubble, you got to come back into the bubble, and that's a process. So one thing to keep in mind is they got four lefties to start, right? I think I just right. did the math in my head, right? But they might not have three, uh, four lefties if they advance. So there you go. I think they'll be happy to deal with that if it means that they can – advanced past the, past the first couple of rounds and if 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 the baby is on time you're talking about that's the week of the nlcs which would mean that they've gotten past the dodgers yes. uh as well so i think everyone would uh would would take that right now if if uh, matt strom had to leave um you know and and who knows what it means in terms of would look into that more coming back into yeah. the bubble but those are those are good those are good problems to have and it's certainly not to say that that's a problem for Matt Strom because it's a great occasion and he should be there. And I don't think anybody would, would rationally hold that against him um, in that, uh, in that situation, including, you know, obviously his teammates, many of whom have, have been in that situation. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, So, all right. Well, this weekend, yeah, a lot of good problems. And this weekend said, we got Paddock, Clevenger and Lamette lined up to watch against the uh, against the Mariners and uh, be weird. Now, will the Padres be wearing their home uniforms? Uh, do we know? We are. I don't know, but I'm assuming we're going to see those sweet road pinstripes. Uh, that's I'm 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 assuming that's okay. where it's going to be. Yeah, uh, you. They're the road team, man. They, well, they should be. Yeah, they should be. In how those how meetings, is right? the, uh, the announcer going to treat renouncing the Padres? Are they your Padres? Uh, you know, I <laughs> do the Mariners bring down their maybe the Mariners have their PA guy. Uh, Does he get all excited for the Mariners and then really quickly read the Padres uh, starters? <laughs> what are the graphics on the board? I mean, right. does it really matter? Not really. But the Padres have talked a lot about how comfortable they are playing and how great they've gone uh-huh. out of their way. And I don't think it's it's bogus to co- compliment the game day production crew. Because quite honestly, it's way better than any of us thought that it could be. So 
It'll be and, interesting. And do they wear the camos on Sunday? There's another. Uh, there's another one. I don't know if you can honor the military when you're on the road at home. So I, don't, <laughs> I, would, I would sure hope so, man. So all right, all right. lots to uh, lots to look forward to. I'll see you out there one day, and uh, looking forward to uh, to that. And then we'll talk to everybody, I guess, on Tuesday before the uh, little quick series against the. I almost called them the Anaheim Angels, but yeah, why not? Um, yeah, that's what they are. Anyway, Mike Trout will Mike Trout will be here, so. Which, uh, if the Padres have their way, Mike Trout being here will be the most exciting thing of that series. They hope that it's a meaningless series. We'll talk to everybody then. All right. Have a good weekend.